Well, good evening. It's good to be in church this evening. Praise God. Is all watching the Olympics? Unfor- who said unfortunately? Huh? Do you know what? I, I just I love I love the Olympics. I just think it's just brilliant. I really do. You know, I could sit and well, actually I've been recording it every night because it's on during the night, and just want to get a chance just to. It's great. And, and Sky Plus brilliant. Yeah. I love Sky Plus because I hate adverts, and you can just scoot on past everything. And it's great with the Olympics as well because you can cut through everything and just get to the race or whatever it is. So, um, but you know what? I, I think it's just brilliant watching people that are um, fine-tuned athletes. And, you know, you know, the Bible describes us as athletes as well. And you know what? The Bible lets us know if we want to run the race that God has for us and finish the course that God has for us, the, that we have to have, we have to have a discipline in our, in our lives. And, um, you know, to, to, to do what God's called us to do. And, you know, I've just been thinking about that all week when I've been looking at those athletes. And, you know, you... Uh, that's why you know whenever you see you see someone who falls before the line or something or didn't make it, and you can see their just their dreams were just shattered in a moment because they have been training really for they've been a child, but really intensely they have been training for for the last four years. I listened to um, talking about Mo Mo Farah the uh, the other day that you know he 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 just you know the way he trains and you know it's just like you know Christmas could come and go and he still has to be out there running and has to be training. He's running 120 mile a week or something like that there to just uh, to, to train for that race. Uh, you know, your dad, your sleep, everything. And um, But, you know, they had a purpose and a goal. And, you know, we seen him the other day um, running that race and wind again, becoming a double um, Olympic gold medalist. But, you know, they have a discipline in their lives. And, you know, I, I, you know, for us, we're to live a disciplined life as well. But that discipline is not meant to come from us. Yeah. May you know that it doesn't come from us. It comes from spending time with God, and um, we're to, we're to walk in the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit is not something that we produce; it's something that comes in our life from spending time with God and spending time in the Word. But it's still it's it's a control that comes in our life, but it doesn't come through willpower. Yet your will is involved because it has to exercise it. But the strength of it comes out of our relationship with God. And you know, we th- through the Holy Spirit, you know, you can live a disciplined life. But it's not through, it's not a thing of you know I'm going to grit my teeth and I'm going to live a disciplined life. No, it's we just go and spend time with Him. And um, the fruit of the spirit, one of the one of the, one of the fruit of the spirit is is um, is temperance, which is self-control. But it's a fruit of the spirit. And you know what, if we are going to do what God's called us to do, we can't do it apart from him. We have to do it with him. But there, it is a discipline, but the strength comes from him. Amen. It's not this, you know, New Year's resolution. We say in our will, I am going to do this. But Paul showed in Romans chapter 7 that you can say, I will, I will, I will, and you can't do it through yourself. The only the answer is found in Jesus. So, um, you know, he, Paul said, you know what, the thing that I want to do, you know, I, I want to do it, but I end up doing the opposite. So we can't do it in our willpower, but you know what? I've just been thinking about the strength of those those guys this week living a disciplined life. But you know what? Well, our our race is not over a four-year period. Our year, race is over a lifetime. Yeah. 
So, you know, how many of you know, did you ever see an athlete and they're great whenever they're training and they, they quit their sport or whatever and they just balloon out? Many of them because there's no control over their life because they had a target that they were aiming for. But I'm telling you, for us, we don't have to go for a spurt of our Christian walk and have four good years or seven good years or ten good years. We can be an old age still bearing fruit. And, and uh, Notice Samuel said amen to <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's saying in faith that's where I'm heading still young no, I'm only joking Sammy <laughs> but you know what in old age that should be our desire to be still bearing fruit you know what I don't want to I don't want to have a, a, a great Christian like you know do you ever see somebody there in, in the Olympics at the minute you see maybe it's a two lap race and you see them on the first lap they're doing really well and they've used up all of their energy coming into the second, and they, and they're just they just fall across the line. I don't want to be like that as a Christian. I want to be. Don't want the first half of my life to be great. I want the first, the middle, the last, all of it, right up until the day I go. I want to have fruit and be excited about Jesus all the days of my life. But that that can't come through willpower. That's what I'm saying. That comes by spending time with Him. And you know what? You see, just coming out on a, a Thursday night and sitting underneath the Word of God and land the Holy Spirit to minister that to you and allow that word to energize you just like the bread of life you can't you, we can't run on on natural wisdom we have to run on god's word and that's the bread of life but you know what when you come and sit underneath the word of god what is in that is will give you strength and power and um, energize you to be able to do what god's called you to do that's why you can't you can't you can't run this this walk without your daily bread you can't run this walk without a relationship with him it's not last year i had a great relationship with God. No, it has to be fresh. That was, that's, if you're living on yesterday's manna, it stinks. You have to have fresh bread every day and it'll energize you to do what God has you to do. And that day and the next day, just come to him again and receive from him again. You'll be energized and have the strength and the temperance and all of that kind of thing to do what God has you to do in that day. Amen. So and just it's great to be out on Thursday night and being around the things of God. Amen. Um, so praise God. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share um, a message this evening that um, really I'm going to finish up um, a series that we have been doing this last, I don't know when we started this last couple of months. Uh, I've been doing a series called uh, The Suffering and the Glory. And, um, you know, I, the reason I've stayed on it for so long is because there's so many practical things in that series to help you in everyday life. I know for me, it's something that I have I've loved studying it out. I've studied, I studied that message out several years ago. I love studying it, and I've enjoyed it even more ministering it, because, you know, when you speak it out, um, I tell you, it's, there's nothing like the Word of God being spoken. It just, it's, it's just powerful. And it's really ministered to me personally and encouraged me. Um, and and I, I think there's been so much practical things in it to be able to apply. Because we all face life. We all face difficult situations. We all face difficult people. You know, we, 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 and how to respond and how to, how to face in a world that's, bro- or live in a world that's broken and to be able to respond correctly is so, so important for us to, you know, if we're going to do what God's called us to, to do in life. And, um, you know, I've called it a suffering and a glory, but we haven't been looking at it from like a, a, a woe is me kind of suffering. We've been talking about it from the viewpoint, if you're a Christian, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We live in this world. We're going to face it. And if you, if you, if you, um, if you were, as I said earlier um, in, in the series, if you were a Jesus FC t-shirt, so to speak, there's going to be an, there's an opposite team that hates you. 
um, and opposes you. But I, I tell you, when you represent him, you can stand and have joy no matter what comes against you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you know what? We, we have in this down in the mouth suffering attitude. Paul faced persecution, but he was full of victory and full of joy. He wrote F- Philippines um, from prison. You know, it was the, it's the most joyous book in the, whole of the, in the whole of the New Testament. It's all full of joy. It's Paul didn't have a defeated attitude even though things came against him. He had a, an attitude of faith. He had a, a spirit of faith that I believe therefore I speak and he was full of joy and victory and that's the way we should be we face things in life that's just life but we're not facing life alone we face we face life with Jesus and we face life as more than conquerors um, in Christ Jesus so we should always have an attitude of victory and praise no matter what we face in life even if it's in tears still speak what God's word says amen still say what God's word says but but we've been looking at that kind of a, a, a message this last while and then um, I've got down to talking about glory because in First Peter where we've been taking this message from it talked about Jesus, he faced suffering and the prophets couldn't understand this suffering and the glory that would follow, they couldn't mix the two together but I'm telling you anytime we face suffering there's glory that follows Amen. and we should always believe for the glory that follows, even in, right in the midst of what we're facing we need to be talking what's coming and talking about the victory and the goodness of God because there's glory that follows amen it follows it's coming amen jesus jesus could could go through what he went through because he knew what was on the other side of that cross and for the joy that was set before him and that was us Amen. We were the joy that was set before him. But you know what? He knew on the other side of the cross, there's, there's promotion. And, um, and I tell you, God is a promoter. Amen. And um, so praise God. Um, God's great. Amen. But tonight, what I'm going to try and wrap this up and, and looking at glory. And I, really, I'm just going to talk a story out this evening um, once I get to it. But, um, but before we get to this evening, oh, this is what I'm going to be talking on here. Let me just put this backdrop up here. Um, you know, I'm just going to ask you a question, and, and as we go along, it'll come out. You know, you're you playing it too safe. You know, sometimes you just need to go for it. Mm. Amen. Sometimes you just need to go for it. Sometimes you just need to go and trust God. Um, as a, you know, I, I, the reason I used that image was because I, I've always loved swimming. And growing up, I loved swimming. Like in the summer, I would have spent as a teenager, like I'd have been in the pool as much as I could. You know, I loved going swimming from uh, just, I've always enjoyed it. Um, and I was always good at diving. Um, don't know how I was good at diving. Dad was was champion belly flopper. Every time Dad went to the pool, he'd go off the board. I'm not joking. He'd empty the pool of water. Just land flat. <laughs> I get up and he'd be just red all the way down. So he would after smacking the water. But you know, I always loved swimming. Always loved swimming underwater. All of that kind of stuff. And you know, um, diving especially. I love diving. And um, what's that? That's where I'm going to get to in a second. That's where I'm going to. But. No, no, it's okay. That's where I'm going. But, um, but you know, um, I in, in the pool, like where I grew up, there was three boards there. You know, and I loved. You see the bottom board? I loved it. I'd be running it, and I mean, I'd run, I'd bounce as hard as I could, and I'd be up there on somersaults off, and be doing backward dives, everything, jumping out and going down, all of this kind of stuff, and I loved it. The second board, the same, not as much, but the same. But you see, a top board. I never ever went off. 
Never, never went off it. Um, and I don't know how, I wish I'd had a pound for every time I went up that ladder too. Then he's ever go up the ladder and back out. Uh, and I used to go, and I was always you no know, taller than I, most of my mates. Like, and I'd go up and I'd be standing there on the edge of it, right up at the edge, and I'd be like this here. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'd back off and I'd go back. But I used to lie in my belly and look over the edge. Cause you, but think of was I'm higher up. But if I look down and see how high it really is, it still, still was the same. But you know, here's the reality of it. I knew I could do it. But I didn't believe I could. Yeah, I knew I could. I could do it. I had the ability to do it. I could dive. I could jump. I'd done it off the one just below it. And it wasn't much higher than that. I knew I could. And every time I'd go to the pool, I'd say, I'm going to do it. I know I can do it. But I didn't really truly believe that I could. Amen. And, you know, I, I want to share something this evening for a while. It's going to come into it. But there's a difference between knowing and believing. Major difference, and it's going to come out in what I'm talking about this evening. But there is a major difference between knowing something and then believing. Do you know when you believe, you're going for it. There's something, there's power in believing. Yeah. No, no. Do you know what? Um, I finally did jump off the pool. Not there. I didn't. That's what I'm saying. I didn't do it there. I actually done it one night with Melvin. You don't. You probably don't remember. Maybe you do remember. I, you, do you remember taking youth, the youth from Grace years ago? Um, we matches up here in Pour Down Pool years ago. And um, I came that night believing that I was going to jump off that top board. And I did. I went off it. And boy, it was a barrier broke for me. I mean, I went up and I, I was determined. Uh, but I worked my way up again. I went, worked my way up off the side first in and then, <laughs> and then up. But I went up and I, I had, because I was o- overcoming, that was, it was a fear. But I was going over, I was going to take that fear on that night. And I was going up that thing going, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I got to the edge of that and I jumped off and into the water for the first time. I must have been about 24, 25 years of age. But then I went and I jumped in and boy, I was like a child that night. I had to strut on walking <laughs> Oh, I felt cool that night. I felt great. Because it was something that I wanted to do all of my life but didn't have it in me to do it. But I knew I was able to do it, but didn't believe. And you know what? There's a major difference between knowing and believing. And it'll come out as we're talking about tonight. But here, just before we get to what we're going to talk about, look what it says here. First John 4 and verse 10, it says, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that God loves us. I, oh boy, that's... That's a message you can base your life upon there. That's a verse. You can base your life upon that verse. You know, as so many people basing their life on their love for God, but that is such a, a, a shaky foundation because our love can always increase. You know, you know, the Bible tells us we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and with all our mind. And that, is, that's, that should be the target for all of us. But here's the reality of it. There's not a one of us are loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. You know, and all you have to, to, to just prove that, all you have to say is, could you love God more? And the answer is always, yes. 
Yes, we could love God more. Every one of us could love God more. But you can't base your life on your love for God, but you can base your life on his love for you because his love for you is perfect love. And his love for you doesn't change. And his love for you is unconditional love. Amen. And it's never going to fluctuate. God loves you whether you love him or not. God loves you no matter what you do. He will always love you. His love is constant. Our love is up and down like a yo-yo many times based on feelings and emotions and everything. But I'm telling you, whether we feel like it or not, God still loves us. Amen. He still loves us. Um, But then then here in verse 16 it says, And we have known and believed. Known and believed. See, there's a lot of people who say, I know God loves me, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? There's a lot of people who can quote the scriptures, God loves me, but do you really believe it? That's that's different. It's like two stages. One stage is knowing. That's a great stage. Comes through hearing the word of God and seeing what the word of God says. But there's something when you actually step over and say, I I actually believe God loves me. Amen. Do you know know that um, if God has a computer in heaven, do you know my face is the screensaver? Huh? Yeah. My face is on the screen. But you need to look at it that way as well for you, that your face is on the screen as well. Do you know, on my my computer, my my iPad here, like, let me see, see, I have, uh, where's my screensaver? My wife. My wife is is a screensaver. Only because she won't let me put Julia Roberts. But you know what? I'm joking. But you know what? I I have done as my screensaver. Do you know why? Because she's loving my life. If I have my phone, I took my phone out. My kids are my screensaver on my phone. You know, when you go into my phone here, um, it is. Also, my kids are here. But you know what? When you go in here, uh, my mum and dad's in the background with the kids. Me! Yeah. Do you know why? Because they're people I love. They're people I keep before me. Do <laughs> you see? Loves herself. <laughs> yes. Is that yours? I thought you said you loved her. <laughs> see? You were right. Just brilliant. Uh, um, but as I said, you know. But you know what? There's a rally. God loves you. God loves you. But sometimes we can doubt His love for us, even though we know what He what the Word says. May know you can know what the Bible says, but you can still doubt. Yeah, you can play that to any 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 of the promises of God. You can know what the Word says, but you still you know. Do, do, I know what it says, but do I really believe it? That's another jump. That's another stage. Let me put it this way. I know about evolution. But I don't believe it. You see, you can know without believing. I know about evolution. I've lived in this generation where it's in your face. You can't even watch a nature program now. You can't even go to the zoo now and read any of the things that there are without having evolution thrown in your face. Um, but I can read it. It doesn't matter what information they're putting from me. I don't walk around with my head in the sand. I know what's being said. I, I know the information. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it, but I know it. 
There's a lot of people who know what God's Word says, and there's a lot of people who know what God's Word says about them, even about God loves them, and can quote the Scriptures. But there's a difference between being able to say the Word and actually believe the Word. That's another level. You need the, the knowledge. The knowledge is important. That's a foundation. But you know what? That's stage one. The next stage is believing. And many times we can be at stage one. We know what the Word of God says, but there's another step there to where we actually believe it. Believe it is in on, on another level completely. So, you know, as we're saying, we know the, the love that God has towards us, and it goes down, down to say, you know what? When we know God's love for us, we'll love Him back. We, don't, we love God out of Him, first of all, loving us. You have to let God love you first. And then when you know how much he loves you, you're better equipped to love him back. But you'll never be able to love God the way he wants you to, trying to love him. You don't love God trying to love him. You love God by just just coming to, to the place where you just say, God, I receive your love for me. And I'm not going to fight or try to prove myself or think that you love me because of what I do or what I have done or what I haven't done. No, you love me unconditionally. And when you come to that place, boy, you let that love into your life. I always say it messes you up in a good way. To where it messes you up. When love invades your life, you, it's going to mess you up in a good way. To where you start loving God more and you start loving people more. You start loving your wife more. You start loving your kids more. You start loving unlovely people more because you've let God love you. And all of your weaknesses and failures. And now you're better equipped to love other people and their weaknesses and failures as well. But you have to let God love you. I'm telling you, God loves you tonight. What a truth. To know that God loves us. But I'm going to, I'm going to look at something this evening here for a bit. It's going to be in John chapter um, 11. And um, this is a story where Lazarus died and where Lazarus was raised from the dead. But you know what? I'm going to bring something out here about the glory of God. But, um, uh, but they're going to see this truth here. A difference between knowing and believing in this chapter. And sometimes, you, you, sometimes we can have the appearance that we're really in faith but you know what and, and this is not to condemn any this is just to pinpoint where we're at at times because I know in my life there has been loads of times in my life where I could quote the scripture to people but I didn't I wasn't in that place where I was believing where I was jumping off the board do you know what I mean but I knew what God I knew what was true about God I knew what was true about God's word but there's a difference between jumping out there and saying I believe now what he says to the point where I'm I'm going to take that risk and jump off the board and trust him that's a different place Amen. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen it in my life over the years, loads of times where I've been able to quote the scriptures and all, but that's important because you still need to keep doing that. And if you're not there at that place of, of believing, you still stay at that place of knowing and let faith come. Amen. Keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing until faith comes. And then you can take that step in faith. Amen. But um, I'll get to that this evening. But look, look here. In um, chapter 1 it says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with her ointment. This happened in chapter, um, chapter 12. And wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So Lazarus was sick and he is very sick. He, he, he was, he's at the point of death here. And it says, And therefore his sister went unto, unto him, unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, look at this, he whom thou lovest is sick. He who you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. 
and that the Son of God might be glorified therein. Let me just say again what this doesn't say. This doesn't say a sickness glorifies God. You cannot find that in Scripture. Not once can you find that. But I can show you people getting healed over and over again and, and, and they're left glorifying God. Because healing glorifies God, not sickness. But what, God, what, what Jesus is saying here is that in this situation, I'm going to be glorified in this. That's what he's saying. I'm going to get glory in this situation. Not in the sickness, but in the fact that he's going to walk out of a tomb. Because as we said a couple of weeks ago, glory is God's signature. And glory is what God can do like nobody else can. Amen? That's that's God's glory. God's glory is when he does something that only he can do. And it's seen upon our lives. And what's going to be seen here is the fact that Jesus raised somebody from the dead and that brought glory to God. The sickness doesn't bring glory to God. In actual fact, the sickness grieved Jesus. Amen? It grieved him. Because he hates it. God hates sickness. Amen? I've been sick. I know what it's like to be very sick. And I'm telling you what, sickness does not glorify God. I can tell you now. Sickness is from the pit of hell. It is a curse. It is not a blessing. And it should be engaged and fought. Amen? Not embraced. Sickness should never be embraced. It's like anything that's negative that doesn't come from God should never be embraced. It should be fought. Amen? Not just say, oh, this is the will of God. It's not. Amen? The the, the Word of God lets us know plainly that health is the will of God. Healing is the will of God. Jesus didn't take stripes on his back for us to be sick. He hates sickness and disease. John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the will of God. Amen? That's God's will. Um, But anyway, um, this sickness wasn't glorifying God, but what would happen would glorify God. And then it says here, in verse um, in verse 5 it says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and look at, and who else? Lazarus. Lazarus let me tell you never question God's love for you whenever you face difficult situations sometimes whenever you face difficult situations you know what comes up all the time the question does God care or does God love me I'm telling you, God loves you. No matter what you're facing in life, he loves you. That's where you have to know and believe the love of God. No matter what you face, God loves you. Amen? Hey, let me, let me just show something here, because this is really, really important here. Look, if you, see, in the English, when we read that, sounds great. Where do you, where do you see what it says? Whenever you, I'm just going to put in two Greek words here. But... Look what it says here in verse um, in verse 3. It says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest. And the words she used here was phileo, which is an, an affectionate time of love. It's not really like you love me, I love you kind of a thing. It's, 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 it's okay to love, but it's, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that affectionate kind of love. But it's not agape. It's not, a, it's not agape love. But then look what it says here in verse 5. Now Jesus, what? That's the same word for agape here, but it's just because it's, you know, as loved. Uh, Jesus agape at Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And he says here, God loves us. Never take God's love down to your level. Take your love up to his level. Amen. Amen. See, Martha came and said, Jesus, you love him. No, Jesus. Jesus said here, no, 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 Jesus said. Sin of Jesus. No, Jesus agape at him. You see, sometimes we can think God loves us, 
And he has a faction towards us. And you know, it's still not there. It's still a lower level of love. God loves me based on how well I do. You know, yet he loves me. But you know what? No, we need to take our love level up to a level of agape where God loves us unconditionally. Amen. Amen. Your God's love for you is greater than your love for him. Or let me put it this way. God's opinion of you is always greater than your opinion of you. Always. So we can look at us and put ourselves down, but I'm telling you, God's opinion of you is the right one. So you can look and don't think I don't have much value or much worse, or you know what, you can mess up or fail or whatever and feeling yourself like dirty and unclean and all of those things. Let me tell you, God's opinion of you is, is better than your opinion of you. Because God will still say you're the righteousness of God in, in Christ. God will still say you're my child. And God will still say I love you. So we need to take our revelation up a notch. Amen. But how do you do that? Well, he first loved us. Amen. We have to stay at that place where we realize how much he loves us. Amen. But you know what? I, I think that's, that's great. Do you see, you know what this reminds me of is, is of Peter. Do you remember whenever um, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, I love you. And uh, Jesus said, feed my lambs. And then he said again, do you love me? He said, yeah, I love you. He says, feed my sheep. And then he said again, do you love me? He said, yeah, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep again. I believe that was more mature sheep people, minister people, guide people into their columns and stuff like that. And mentor people. But that sounds good in the, in, in the English. But when you read it in the Greek again, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, Lord, I phileo you. Huh? And Jesus said, feed my lambs. He said again, Peter, do you agape me? And he said, Lord, I phileo you. And he said, feed my sheep. The third time Jesus said, Peter, you phileo me. And Peter said, yeah, Lord, I phileo you. He says, Lord, you know all things. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with coming to God and you're at the level of love where you're at. But just keep growing in love. Because if you read Second Peter, Peter got to the place where he said, "Add." Remember, he said, "Add" to these things, and he said to brotherly kindness, which is phileo, he said, "Agape." Peter got to the place where he loved God, but you know how he got there through knowing the Word, allowing God to love him, and he got to that place where he knew, you know, God, I can walk in agape love now. But you see, that comes through a revelation of God's agape love for you. See, Jesus pinpointed him, not to hurt him, but to let him know this is where you're at, Peter. And I love, I love what, what Peter was able to be honest with Jesus. Because before that, remember, uh, Jesus had, or Peter said, Jesus, I'll go all the way with you to the cross. And Jesus said, no, you won't, Peter. And he knew that he, he ended up denying Jesus. But you know, when he came the next time, you know, he was able to be honest with Jesus. And I'm telling you, you can be honest with Jesus. You, you see, if you're not at that place, you can be honest and say, God, I'm at the place of knowing. But I'm not just quite there in some things unbelieving. And you know what? God, God will never, never rebuke you for that. He'll come and he'll still use you. Do you remember? Just, Jesus still give Peter his job. <laughs> But Peter was honest and was exposed before God. I, I love the fact with, with Jesus that you can come and take your false face off and be real with him. And he'll still love you and help you get to where you need to be. I just love, I love that. He's a, he's a, he's a, our Jesus is a Jesus that you can approach. But here, here's the thing here. Look what it says here. When he, had heard the, the, uh, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick. What did Jesus do? He stayed another two days. And what happened with Lazarus? He died. But did Jesus love Lazarus? 
Yeah. Now, it doesn't tell us why he stayed, but Jesus could have been doing something there. That he couldn't just leave. But you know what? He loved Lazarus. Let me say this here. Sometimes in our lives, things can go past our date. But just because it went past our date doesn't mean to say it's went past God's. Yeah, I, that's, why, that's why personally for me, I'm okay with setting dates in a flexible way. But I don't set dates in concrete. Because sometimes those dates can come and go. Many have set dates and have came and gone. Yeah, I've, I've set dates and have came and gone. I don't set it in concrete. Because many times God doesn't work on our timetable. And I've found that. But that doesn't mean to say he's not working. And that doesn't mean to say he doesn't love us. Because a date can come and go, but God still loves us. And that doesn't mean to say it's over. Amen. Uh, so I, and you know what? I, yeah, I'll get to it in a minute. I know even, I see in my own life, there's things I'm believing God for. People might think I'm crazy, but my, my, I don't believe based on, on my timetable. I believe God based on His. Amen. Just trust Him. Amen. So he, Lazarus, Lazarus dies in the process, right? And then it says, and, and when Jesus came forth, let me see here. And then when Jesus um, came, this is verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid, and they'd laid him in a grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh on to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And it says, And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. And you know what? Here's, here's the thing about Mary. Remember the story of Mary? Mary had no problem sitting at the feet of Jesus and receiving. But you know what? Martha was always busy. Martha's out there. She's trying to make something happen many times. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what? I, I, what I love here about Mary is, is Mary could just sit still. And sometimes we need to be like, oh, just trust. Just be able to trust. Amen. She just sat still and waiting. Jesus is going to call her after and then she's going to go to him. But you know what? She, she could sit still and trust. Amen. Look, look here in the next verse. Now, it says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here. Now, what's that? That's past tense. Okay, I filled a couple of things in here. If thou had been here, past tense. My brother had not died. But I know, and this is important here, what I was saying about it, I know. See, here's a woman that knew. But just because you know doesn't mean to say you believe. Okay? And it's going to come out in a minute. But she said, I know that even now, that's present tense. See, sometimes we can be like, oh, we can say it now, present tense. We can say, I know what God's word says, and this is true of God. But there's a difference when you're up on the top board and then you're going to jump off. That's when we'll know if you really know that you know. When you know that you know, that's believing. But you can know what the scriptures say. Without knowing that you know. Okay? Is that making sense? Yeah. Not complicating this, am I? Because it will, it will come out in a second. Um, <laughs> Whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it unto thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother, look at this, thy brother shall rise again. Now she's thinking, oh yeah, way down in the future. No, Jesus saying, thy brother shall rise again, but he's talking about today. Yeah. He'll rise again. You see, sometimes you can locate it. It's okay. See, many times people can talk about the God of the past, no problem. And people can talk about the God of the future, no problem. But what about the God of today? What about the God right now? Amen? What about a right now God? 
Yeah. See, God, uh, uh, let me say this here. God's, God, God's, God's looking for people to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for people that he can show himself strong in their behalf. But you know where that connection comes? It's just like, you know, you have, you know, like a, a meter just going out through the earth like this here. But you know, do you know where that comes to a place where it stops? Whenever you have people that are pulling on that in faith and saying, God, we believe that you can do it in our generation. God, we believe that you can do it in this generation. We believe that you can do it right now in our generation. Do you know what? That's people of faith. That's people that are believing that God is. It's not just, I know God that you can do. I know you're a great. We can talk all day about, I know you're a great God. You're a wonderful God. But there's something different when you step up and say, God, you're going to do it in my life. Amen. God, you're going to, you're going to get glory in my life. God, I'm going to believe you for greatness. That's a different level. You know what? Many times, even as Christians... We can talk about our salvation. Many, you know, even our, we can look back at our salvation and speak about getting saved with affection. And we can talk even about going to heaven with affection. But you know what? You're living right now. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf right now. See, Martha said here in verse 24, Martha said, I know that, that he shall rise again in the resurrection. That's future tense. What Jesus said. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. Do you know what I am is? Right now. Right now. I'm here in all of my ability, all of my power. Do you know what? You look in your life, is there, you know, just to ask yourself the question, not to ask you to ask, uh, shout out or anything, but has there ever been a time in your life where you really were at a place where, God, I know that, God, you're, you're doing great things, God, and you're going to use me. God, there's a mighty move of God on. Do you know God hasn't changed? What happens? Sometimes people change. People lose direction, but God's still the same. Amen. I know the miracles that I've seen in my lifetime. Donna's mom being healed of cancer. Praise God. I, I, I seen that. I seen them coming to our house and sitting down talking to us, but then I seen a report. Martin Johnson's wee girl getting healed nine tumors off her body. God hasn't changed. Amen. I remember the story in Walter Hallam's church with that woman. She hit the tree on a horse and nearly took her head off. With a, and, you know, the horse took off and she hit the top, uh, her head there with a the limb of a tree nearly took her head off and took her right off the horse and she lay in a, in a, a hospital ward and you know what, and they wouldn't let anybody speak anything but healing over her you know what, powerful even Walter said himself when he went up to see her he says boy it was beyond him when he seen it he was like whoa this really is major they're speaking faith and he was the one taught them it, you know what and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't that he was saying but you know what you can know what the word says and you, then you see it and it wasn't that he was, you know he, he, Walter Holland was, is still a great man of God doing great things seen many, some serious miracles in that church of his over the years awesome things happen but you know what, he said he got home and the phone went off and you know what, to get back up to the hospital and I can't remember exactly all the things that happened, but you know what, her back just started cracking, the doctor started hearing this cracking and popping and you know what, and she, got, she, she had that same um, um, break that, you know the guy who played um, Superman, we call it Christopher Reeves, she had the same break uh, as that he had and you know what, that woman's walking about, the man got healed from that, I tell you God's still the same. God's still doing great. And God's doing mighty things all over the world. Awesome things. And he's the same yesterday, today, 
Amen. And forever. You know what? I, I, I'm believing God for great things to happen. But I'm saying every day believing. You have to every day believe. And you might say, oh, but I don't want if I don't see it today. Well, you know what? Just go into the next day believing as well. But stay in faith. Amen. Look what, it, look what it says here. You see, Jesus goes from knowing here to believing. Look what it says. Uh, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes, he's getting past this. And whosoever believes in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto them, Your Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what? Basically what she's going back to, that's salvation. I believe you're the Christ. But when he's not asking her, do you believe I'm the Christ? He's saying, do you believe that I, that I am the resurrection and the life? And it's just like she diverted the, the question. That makes sense? Amen? <laughs> hey, um, Martha heard, she went out. I'm not going to go, go through all of that. But you know what? She came and she said the same thing. But Jesus didn't go through anymore with her. He said unto her, then Mary came where Jesus was, verse 32, and saw him, fell, to, at his, fell down at his feet, saying, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had, had not died. said the same thing. You know what? If you had been here, he would not have died. But, you know, I, I, it's something else for a non-message. But Mary's very comfortable at a feet level. A feet level is a receiving level. Amen. She's comfortable there. And I'll move off that. But you see Mary uh, several times receiving at Jesus' feet, here at his feet. And then in the next chapter, she's down anointing his feet. Amen. She's, she's at a place where she can receive from him. Amen. Now, I'm not going to go on there. But, uh, um, you, know, you know the story here where um, Jesus wept and all just before this? And, you know, there's many reasons why Jesus wept. No way to say he wept. But, you know what, I, one of the ones I believe that Jesus wept was because here was what happened. There was these Jews that came to comfort Mary and, and Martha. I, 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 here, here's something. Do you, know, do you know, there's people that'll comfort you when you fail. But they won't celebrate with you when you win. Hmm? There's people who will comfort you when they fail because they take delight in that you're a failure because they can identify with you. Do you know what I mean at that level? But there's not a lot of people that, that jump on board with you and, and celebrate with you when you win. That's, that's the truth. Um, many of these Jews that came, they came to comfort. But you see, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, some of them believed the other ones went back and told the Pharisees and they plotted to kill Jesus and Lazarus. Actually came to kill the miracle. You know what I mean? Kiss the... And there's a lot of people that won't celebrate with you when you win. Amen. But just keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But, uh, but here's a, it says here, therefore Jesus groaning in himself. You see, when Jesus seen Lazarus dead and seen Martha and Mary, you know what I mean, broken... And hurting. I'm telling you, in that moment, Jesus wept. Now, he either, he either wept because he identified with them and he, he hated seeing them like that because he loved them. Even though he knew that Lazarus was going to be broken. But in that moment, I'm telling you, Jesus wept. Or it could be that Jesus wept because he hated the effects of sin so much. You see, he groaned within himself. Do you know in Romans it says that all of creation is groaning and travailing under the weight of sin? It hates it. I wonder did Jesus at that point just hate sin so much that it broke his heart to see the effects that it's having on people that he loves. 
to see people dying. That's why I'm saying God loves you. God's not your problem. When you hurt or when you face things, God's the one who loves you so much. He hates to see the effects that sin has had. He hates to see people depressed and sick and broke and defeated and discouraged and people that have uh, lost loved ones and hurting and all. He hates it, absolutely hates it. It breaks his heart. Amen. But uh, Jesus groaned within himself. But look, look what it says here. Jesus, uh, look at this here. Jesus said, take away the, well, <laughs> the stone. Here's where you see where somebody believes or where somebody just knows. What did Martha say? Martha said, uh, uh, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. Lord, it's too late. You see, she said, I'm indigo. Do you know what, Lord? If you'd have been here, even now, Lord. Even now. You see, sometimes we're comfortable at knowing what God says until someone says, take away the stone. <laughs> and that's going to be really no. Whether you're at a place of knowing or whether you believe. Yeah? yeah. So many have been there. I'll tell you, it's one thing, it's one thing even preaching. It's one thing preaching, you know what, God can do this and God can do that. Until somebody comes up and says, will you pray for me? And they're in that situation. Then you know it's a completely different thing. It's one thing to hide behind a pulpit and preach. Yeah? It's different when somebody comes up and says, will you pray and believe God with me? This is what I'm facing. And you're like, huh? That's impossible. In your head? You know, do you, I'm being honest. You know what I mean? That's, but that's at the place where you are at a place of knowing or whether you're at a place of believing. Amen? That's where it's at. I mean, you know, it's one thing to say God can meet all your needs and that's okay until a bill comes in and then we'll see whether you really believe or not that God can meet all your needs. See, it's easy to quote it and say, I know this. Martha said, oh Lord, I know that even now, Lord, that you could do this. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And she's like, no way, no. <laughs> Put the stone back. Amen. And it says here, take away the stone. Mar uh, Martha, the sister of him, said that he, he by this time, Lord, he's, stunk, he's stinking. Let me tell you, God can take something that's stinking and breathe life back into it again. God can take something that's decaying and breathe life back into it again. It is not over. It's never over. And no matter what you face in life, it's not over. Never, never, don't put a salve date on it. Just keep believing what God's word says. Do you see, four days, had passed. at that stage, decay is set in. He's starting to stink. But Jesus said, this is still not a problem. I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you know what? Whenever I visualize this, I, I'd love to just see, see, like, you know, one of these kind of x-rays that show through your body, like one of them scans, CT scan or CAT scan. I'd love to see Jesus, you know, speaking Lazarus come forth and to see life starting to come into his body again and things that were starting to stink. See, it's all, whatever was killed him in the first place being healed and whatever was starting to decay and that smell starting to leave oh boy that's what happened amen God can take a, a dead situation that is decaying and breathe life back into it God can speak to bones that have been separated for them to come back again skin to come on them again isn't that what the word said and speak to these dry bones amen let me tell you all things are possible with God. All things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. That's what I'm saying. We can't talk about a God of yesterday and a God of the future. That's, that's playing it safe. It's safe to say, oh Lord, I believe. 
or Lord I know, sorry, Lord I know, that's safe. That's playing it safe. It's a different thing to step up and say, God, I believe this. And this is going to happen for me. Amen. I tell you, I've seen days in my Christian walk where I've seen people say, God, this is going to happen for me because I believe what your word says. And they believe God's word. They just didn't know it. There's Christians all over the country know what God says. And they can tell you what God says. But you know what? I don't want to be someone who just knows. I want to be someone that knows and believes. Amen. God's great, isn't he? Jesus said unto her, what? If thou wouldest, what? Believe. You see, it sounded like she was in faith, but she wasn't. Amen. Saying take away the stone reveals her heart. Reveals where we're truly at. Amen. I know my lifetime... And I'm not saying in the future. I'm saying in my lifetime, each day, I'm believing God for a move of God in my life. I'm believing God to see great things happen in my life. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I'm going to see the dead raised. That's my. That's how. That's how I'm believing. I'm believing to see it. Amen. I'm believing to see it. If God can do it, well, uh, it's not one thing saying He can. It's another thing saying, you know, God, you're going to do it through me, or I'm going to see it in my lifetime. Amen. I'm going to see it in my life. I'm going to see these things happening. I'm going to see it. What if today comes and what if nobody gets raised from the dead today? Well, you know what? Tomorrow's another day. Amen. Amen. But you know what? I don't know anybody that has a, a, a load of people raised from the dead in the ministry. But I know people that have seen people raised from, their dead, from the dead in their ministry. But I'll tell you, everyone that I've seen that, that has seen people raised from the dead, they all believe that God can do it and he will do it. There's none of them are just saying God can. They're all saying God will. Amen. Because it's a different level. Amen. Tell you something else. That I'm, going to see, I'm going to see limbs grow out. Amen. I'm going to see body parts put back. Amen. I'm going to see it. Because I believe it. Why? Because the Bible says Jesus they just didn't heal the sick, he healed the maimed. The maimed is parts missing. So I'm going to see it. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth seen it. Does God change? No, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Smith Wigglesworth told, told someone that didn't have any feet to go, and buy, to go and buy shoes. And when they put the stumps into the shoes, feet grew. Huh? People say, that's impossible. No, it's, not a, it's impossible with men, but it's not impossible with God. Jesus healed the maimed. People came to Jesus with no limbs and got arms back and got legs back and got fingers back. God's good. God, God hasn't changed. Amen. Amen. And I believe the next... The, 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 you see, at the end, coming into the end, and I believe we're in end times, but we're going to see the greatest move of God that this generation, this world has ever seen. I believe we're coming into something great. And I, to be a part of it, you need to be believing. You see, here's, here's what Jesus said to, to, to Miriam. Sorry, I went on a bit longer than I normally do, but hey, look what Jesus said. If thou wouldest what? believe, you would see the glory of God. Do you know what? You want to see God's glory in your life. You have to go past knowing to believe Him. It's not just enough to say no. You have to be in it to know it so much that you know that you know. And you've went past knowing to now I believe. 
It's just not I know this, I believe. I believe God is awesome God. I believe God can do great and mighty things. Do you know what, in my own life, in the natural, I, I, I shouldn't be saying stuff like this in the natural. But I believe God. Yeah. I can't get away from what he says and who he is. Amen. Do you see, the Bible says all things are possible with God. With God, all things are possible. Do you know that's playing it safe? It's a truth, but it's playing it safe. But all things are possible to those who believe. That's the difference between knowing and believing. It's just easy to say all things are possible. That's safe. But when you move over to say all things are possible to those who believe, that's where the connection comes to now it's possible to you. (laughs) (laughs) Believing is the connection. Uh, Jesus said to Jairus, only believe. Um, Mark 9.23, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Amen? All things are possible to him that believes. And we know the story of Lazarus. Lazarus came forth. You know what? That is the difference. Roll away the stone. Take away the stone. And Jesus, you know, just talk through this here through. Jesus said with a loud voice. <laughs> Sometimes we can whisper what God's going to do. do. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's, we're, we're playing it safe. We're hiding behind. We're, you know, we're saying it enough that, you know, we're, we're safe. If it doesn't work, I'll be okay. And if it does work, it'll be a bonus. You know what I mean? We're just, I won't really put myself out there. But Jesus threw himself out there and said, roll away the stone. And then he cried with a loud voice. <laughs> he, he didn't whisper it. He cried it out. Lazarus come forth. And we know Lazarus, Lazarus came forth. And there's a whole other thing with that, how he came forth. But, but you know what? He didn't play it safe is what I'm saying. These guys didn't play it safe either. The four lepers. They didn't play it safe. You know that story? If we sit here today, but we go there, well, okay. you know what? One way or the other, we're going to die sometime. But don't tell you what, today we're believing God. And that was their attitude. And they, they marched towards the Assyrian army. <laughs> what an attitude that they had. But they, they didn't, what I'm saying is they didn't play it safe. They went for it. They just went for it. You have to love people like that. The, guy, the guys who ripped the roof off the house and let the man into Jesus. You know what, they, they went for it. They ripped the roof off. That's not playing it safe. And you know what, down through the rest of them, and there's lots more in the Word of God. But what I'm saying is sometimes we play it too safe. But if we want to see the glory of God manifest in our lives, I want to see God's glory manifest in my life. The Bible says to arise and shine, for your light is come and the glory of God has risen upon you. I want to see God's signature in my life to where people see it. I want, there's no question about it, God's doing great and mighty things. Amen. Notable miracles. And people say, that's the way out there, that's beyond me. Oh, that's too far out there for me. Well, that's okay. But you know what? Here's the reality of it. If you want to see it, at some stage you have to believe it. And at some stage, you, you have to not play it safe and speak big about God. God's a big God. Amen. He's a great God. He's a wonderful God. Somewhere along the line, you have to jump out of the boat and take that first step on the water. It's scary. Amen. Oh, we serve a great God, don't we? Amen. You want to see the glory of God? You have to believe to see it. Amen. No wings important. Just keep here. Just keep here. Just keep here. No matter no one stage, God. That's okay. Just keep here. Somewhere along the line, the penny's going to drop, and you'll go past knowing till you know that you know. 
And you'll say, God, I believe this. This is possible. Amen. You know, and you're just thinking out loud, you know, and it's exactly what our Roberts did. No one no, read, seen in the Word of God what God could do and what God was capable of. He didn't know, you know what I mean? As in, like, you know, nobody, they hadn't got a model to follow. But you know what? He went and rented out a place and he advertised that God is still doing miracles today. And um, people came and, you know, he laid hands on people and miracles started to happen. But you know what? He, somewhere along the line, he's seen it in the Word of God and he believed it so much that he said, you know what? I, I know it's not common in the move of God at this present moment in time, but God, you haven't changed. So, but God, I'm going to start laying hands on people and believing for great things to happen. And you know what? He started to do it and great things started to happen. You will not find a church in this planet, planet that where, where great things are happening without people in that believing that God can do great things. Because it comes, the connection is to believe to see the glory of God.